Hi, Matt from the future again. This week we've got some wind chimes, people punching the table, the microphone blowing out, some bad impressions, and just the usual shenanigans that occur when you have a single microphone in the middle of a table to record a podcast. <sighs> My job's hard! Oh, by the way, uh, this episode is like 10 minutes longer than we usually go. It's around 38 minutes. Um, uh, now I'm just making it worse. Hello and welcome once again to the M4 Project. Uh, we watch movies that either flew on the radar or were missed or ignored and tell you if they're worth watching. As always, I'm Matthew Jelenic. I'm Michael Sullivan. And I'm Morgan Davidson. And this week, I'm interested to get you guys' uh, perspective on this. What constitutes a threesome if Siamese twins are involved? The correct term, ladies and gentlemen, is conjoined twins. Ooh. Now, does it have to be three he- three heads that have three personalities or three bits of junk? I mean, oh, is- oh, yeah, because you can have a Siamese yeah. twin who shares... I meant conjoined. One of those most familiar. famous ones is that is those yeah, those, those two girls and they share two heads, two heads and, and one three. set. Yeah, I think that would still constitute because there's still two con- other consciousnesses. Okay, okay. It yeah, depend- I, think it de- I think it depends on sensation. Hmm. Because yeah, because so. if if you're having sex, two people are having sex, and there's another person in the room, it's not a threesome. No, exactly right. True. Okay. Well, the, well you, those two, well, those, those those twins plan on having families and having separate husbands. Now, hmm. that other person can't be not at present yeah. when uh, when when you're having your marital sex, can they? This is true. So, are you just like <laughs> like yeah. does one shut us exactly. off and then yeah. they don't get any well, sensation if, if of orgasm, share... or do they both just start screaming? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do the dishes. It's just doing. Oh yeah. Uh, that. Mm. I think yeah, it, it's it's entirely sensation based. I mean, if if you had ones who were sort of joined at the hip, like you could flip around. So and you got two separate sets of junk. Then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if they share the junk, and one of them is just, do they just close their eyes and shut it out, and that's how you kind of separate the threesome or not? Like, I don't know. But but we're saying though, three heads is a threesome. I think. Okay. Three personalities. Well, well, yeah, three personalities. Well, the thing is, like, if the third one is not actively engaged Involved. in the act, then... yeah. Let's just say they're all, in every case they're actively engaged. Okay. You're saying yeah. I only need three heads. Yes. Okay. So. Cool. Glad we cleared that up. Okay. <laughs> we're doing a podcast about movies. Uh, Morgan, <laughs> it, was, it was your movie this week. What was it about? The the movie I picked was Go uh, from uh, what nineteen ninety nine. Uh, it's a, an American crime comedy film with uh, some interweaving plots um, that involve three sets of characters. Pretty much all the characters do come across each other, but they're three set storylines that are all basically running at the same time. Yeah. Pretty much there's a grocery store clerk called Simon. He's usually a drug dealer for a couple of uh, soap opera stars, Adam and Zach. Uh, they come looking for some ecstasy on Christmas Eve, and Simon's chuffed off to Vegas, and he has got uh, the lovely Ronna to cover his shift because she was a bit broken, needed some money, so she didn't get evicted. So she decides to help him up, hook him up, and it all sort of goes from there. Um, Adam and Zach are secretly sort of working for... Uh, police officer yep. and um, yeah it goes from there three interwoven stories I thought it was going to interweave a lot more than what it did but they did all seem to be pretty separate but with yeah. overlap parts of it overlapping with each yeah. other I was expecting it to I was kind of expecting it to be Cut all like a big intertwined and there'd be a finish thing where they all kind of collide but 
No, it was, it was different to what I was Well, you were basically watching the same time just happen at, exactly. happen again over exactly. and over yeah. and over, yeah. which I, 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 hadn't, I was meaning to mention yet. So basically, yeah, throughout the movie, you get to see the basic start three times. Um, and each time it follows off with a different character to the same conclusion at the end. But each time you watch it, in the so you watch the first, second, third, each time you watch one, you get a bit of missing detail that helps the story that um, came before it to give you another perspective, another side of a conversation um, and views from a different angle, which give you a bit more why did that happen in that first story or the second story. That's pretty much the intro for it. Yeah. Any initial thoughts? Um, yeah, I'll just say this, you know, I think we said it once before, sort of follows that Quentin Tarantino-esque yeah. multiple storylines happening at the same time. I think I said to you, and I think that I'll stand by this, what I thought of it was uh, Quentin Tarantino light. Yes. So basically yeah, like it's like Coke Zero <clears throat> of yeah. Tarantino yeah. style. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, instead of just jumping on to what we usually do with characters, actors and performances, mm-hmm. uh, today we might break it down into these characters that are predominant in their stories as yep. they okay. go along, sure. just to make it easier to follow, because there's yep. a lot of characters, yeah, 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 yeah. but they're spread yeah. out through through the movie. So the first story is Runners, played by Sarah Polly. She's, like I've said before, she's down on luck. She's going to be evicted uh, if she doesn't come up with some cash. To, and so she takes a, sh- a shift at the grocery store from Simon um, so he can go to Vegas with his mates. Uh, she buys drugs, gets busted, and then gets busted up in a completely different way yep. at the end of her story, leaving her bloodied in a ditch. Yeah. Uh, and she also leaves her friend with a drug dealer as collateral. So, good friend. Good yeah. friend. Ronna, played by Sarah Poli. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we think of her? Uh, I didn't mind her. Uh, I, I hadn't really encountered her much. But, well, actually, once I looked into her, I, I have found some of her later roles. I think she's probably matured as an actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought she was fine. She kept reminding me of another actress. I couldn't put my finger on it. She, her look sometimes, if you, if you kind of just glance at it, she's very Uma Thurmanish. Tarantino like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, she wasn't. She didn't really grip me, but yeah. she was a very sort of sour character. Yeah. Who, I'm very quiet. Just hates um, her position yeah. that she's in and she's not afraid to show it. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't really like her character all that much. I thought she was played well. I think it was just. Her character itself. Her character is just a bit of a yeah, just, just a bit of a douchebag. Yeah, that yeah. was more what it was. Sal, was salvage. Yeah, the way that she, that she got that across and made me dislike her is a good performance in that it makes you feel something. But I just didn't like her as a person. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think that again was what she was trying. That was what yeah. you were going for because she seemed like it was all about her and like when she um the Claire's. Uh, Claire, the other character in there, where she kind of like almost blackmails her into going yeah. there, like you know, yeah. you know, do this for me kind of Come thing. On. Like, I'm yeah. gonna get evicted. Like, I'm the yeah. victim. I we were friends. Yeah, yeah. and it's Guilty like guilt trip into being collateral with a drug dealer. With a, <laughs> with a drug dealer. Yeah. Oh, I'll just stay in this random drug dealer's house. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I thought uh, going. We'll go on to Claire in a second, but I thought she was definitely a stronger character yes. than Katie Holmes as Claire. Yeah. She was. She's more well rounded. Yeah. Well, she, she was the center focus of this particular yeah, story. Exactly. So yeah. And Claire definitely had a lot more time than Claire. Yeah. Um, going on to that, I might as well go on Claire, played by Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes is quite good in this. Good. Yeah. Being a bit more of a darker film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's also quite attractive in this. Yeah. <laughs> Towards the end yeah, of the movie, attractive. I was like, damn, that's why I thought you were gorgeous. <laughs> uh, in my teens. Mm-hmm. And she was. Yeah. this was before she was defiled by Tom Cruise as well. So yes. definitely hotter. And Scientology tentacles. Yes. Yeah. And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. That's what, you know, the OT handbook's about. Octopus tentacles. 
<laughs> you read the book and you grow tentacles. <laughs> what do we think of her? I thought her character was, as we just said, a bit light on. Yeah. I, I, I a, bit, a bit more substance. Well, at the same time, if she was given more time, it would take time away from the story. That's Ronna's story. Story, yeah, true. Yeah. This is meant to be this encapsulated little part, and if you have too many other focuses... It would probably yeah. feel a bit too weighty. Right? Yeah. These are meant to be like snappy little, here's three separate well, separate but connected stories. Having said that, even though she was a side character, didn't have a whole lot of screen, and it's kind of a, a predominant thing through the whole of it. She's, even, a, she's a big link, yeah. Yeah, like, even, like, well, yes, but also that even the side characters have a lot of development. Even You can, yes. you can kind of see that even the side characters that don't have the spotlight seem like good characters in and themselves. Like you get the, the Manny, the side one of the first one. Yeah. Even he is, you know, he's just Poor a... Manny. Yeah, Manny. poor man. Um, bit of a drop kick, but you, you, you can tell his character straight off the bat and it stays true to it. And it's the same with lots of the side characters through the entire film. I thought maybe until the end where she, uh, she, you know, things get a bit hot and heavy for her, I felt like I was playing a little bit safe because at the time she was in the 90s and she was still the wholesome girl from Dawson's Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe that had an effect slightly to what she got as a character, yeah. but that sort of ruins towards the end. But you're like, maybe they did play it a little bit safe with the person that was chosen for it. Possibly yeah. not, but just something that might have affected it slightly. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Uh, who else we have in, in there? They had a uh, uh, Timothy. Oh, I can never pronounce his last name. Oliphant. Oliphant. Yep. Oliphant. But he's mainly known from Justified, which he's awesome in. Um, as Todd Gaines, uh, I he was one of my favourite characters in the entire really film. Really good. Uh, he's, he's a really good, good actor. And he is a solid actor. Wasn't a fan of his hitman. No, 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 I wasn't either. I thought he was probably one of the more complex ones, and he definitely evolved a lot throughout yes, the movie. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Just but like more, more of his sort of character is and revealed yeah. because of these different stories. That at first, he's like, oh, yeah, he's a funny drug dealer, and it sort of changes, and you get these other layers to him. Yeah, it was quite good. I, I love that um, the scene at the very end there where he's just so excited yeah. to watch what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, this is going to be great. Yeah, you know? so, like, so, so is the other guy next to him. Yeah, it's like, this yeah, is like, awesome. Yeah. Even the lead up to that scene, the fact that it went from one particular situation to that scene, scene yeah. like with no explanation, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's awesome. And like, you know, there's some, there's some guys there who are trying to find uh, a guy who's possibly, you could describe him as one of his friends, and uh, Todd Gaines uh, gets caught up in this situation so instead of being like no I'm not helping you he's like here let me draw you a map to his apartment <laughs> like, you'd want to turn here but oh what's the traffic doing at this time yeah. so helpful yeah. so helpful it's construction going on um, right. other than that we had Nathan Bexton playing Manny Manny he's oh. the lightest of the characters yeah. as in uh, performance wise yeah. in this. he had a couple of decent moments but well, he, he was comic relief. Like, he was. The reality yes. was that he was just there to make a bit of an idiot of himself. He plays scenes. a guy tripping balls on acid on a, a, a ecstasy really well. Um, the supermarket yeah. scene, I love that when <laughs> yes. he's just dancing, and then all of a sudden it comes back and he's just literally scanning his own hand yeah. through the scanner. <laughs> beep 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 beep. That yeah. was great. There's also he does that really good scene, and he doesn't even it's not even spoken like yeah. with the cat in Todd's. Yeah, yeah, Todd's apartment. Great. That is so well done. Yeah. Quick, um, quick note with that scene. Um, you will need, if you're watching this on DVD, turn the subtitles on. Because the cat is thinking at him, and if you don't have the um, subtitles, subtitles on, it doesn't show, show it. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to ruin it straight up, because I, I love this scene and I want to talk about it. Go for it. So basically, he, 
he's tripping balls. He's staring at this cat, and the cat tells him, and he can hear his thoughts. Yeah. And he, then he tells him, which is a callback to the game played earlier on of Dead Celebrities, that Zaikai Shek is a famous Chinese ruler, ruler who starts with an X, because that is the character, that is a name they couldn't think of back in this game. Uh, he then corrects him and tells him, no, uh, that actually starts with a, a C. A C. Yeah. And then the cat just looks at him and says, you are going to die. Yeah. And <laughs> obviously, if you're tripping out, and a cat tells you you're going to die, you <laughs> yeah. freak the fuck out. Yeah. And he just played that like, what the fuck did I just yeah. listen to? But, but at the same so, time, during that scene, he's at a drug dealer's house trying to pretend that he hasn't stolen drugs, drugs and taken Just the sweating Standing <laughs> perfectly still eye contact with this cat. And the cat, the cat is mind-fucking him. You're going to die. <laughs> that pretty much wraps up the characters from that first little story. Yep. So, moving on to the second one. Story 2. Story 2 is basically drug dealer Simon's point of view. Uh, it centers around his trip to Vegas with his mates, stealing cars, tantric sex, and shooting bouncers. Pretty <laughs> yep. much. Desmond Askew as Simon. Um, I thought he played Simon's character pretty well. Yeah. A bit of a sleazebag. Oh, a bit of a... Yeah, <laughs> I love when he just says to uh, Ronner in the first part of the story, is like, I'll throw an extra 20 bucks for a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> just... Why just, not? Boom. Straight yeah. up. It's so good. Well, it's also great because it sort of immediately establishes his character. Yeah. And he doesn't... Oh, it was established well before that when he had the mistletoe. (laughs) (laughs) Mistletoe? Yeah, over his wang. Yep. (laughs) I think he's like like that mate that you you love to hate and you go out with a good time but you know he is going to get you into some trouble. Yeah. He had so many good good scenes. (laughs) I love the scenes where he's going to be shot in the arm and he's like... like, Even he's keen (laughs) to... See what's going to happen. Yeah. And, like he draws the dot on the shoot. Yeah. There, it's a nice fleshy part. Yeah, and when, like I said, when he hits up, when he hits up Ronda for the for the uh, extra twenty bucks for a blowjob, but it's just a cheeky get. Yeah. Oh, and one of the best scenes in, 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 in any movie, I think, is one of the little tiny bits of dialogue, and it, it's just when that child knocks on the door and says, "What are you doing there?" and he turns around and says, "Raping small children," <laughs> and like this makes me laugh. <laughs> Mum swiftly just grabs the kid and ducks. Uh, so good, so so good. Ty Diggs, that's the uh, the friend Marcus in in it as well. He's Tantric uh, yep. Sexman. Tantric Sexman. He is one of my favourite characters in the, in this movie yeah. as well because he okay. just yeah. plays so smooth. Yeah, he's he's the smooth straight man who's being dragged through Simon's shit. Shit. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, you know, he, he's he and he, he just comes across as very composed. And yeah. I thought he was played exquisitely well. You know, his scenes are funny. He just like, he's he's the butt of racism all the, all way, the, through, time, all yeah. the way through the movie. And he just he's like. No, fuck this. I'm not, okay. a, I'm not a total attendant, you know? Like, <laughs> Well, it, it's also because he's meant to be this really stylish character, so he's wearing this gaudy yellow mustard jacket, and, he's, and even Simon goes, have I told you how much I like your jacket? He's like, shut up, you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, but it also sort of gets revealed a bit later after the toilet attendant scene that all the, the concierge people and everyone at the hotel they're at are wearing those jackets. <laughs> Lead to him getting handed the keys of Ferrari and go tell to park it. So he's like, well, Fuck this. I'm going to go take the Ferrari for a spin. Um, I love the scene where he also, at the very start of it, of this story where he um, where he catches his mate telling his story. Yeah. yeah and then he great. asks him, yeah. like, was it, you know, did she have two blue eyes? And now one's green and one's blue. And like... Yeah. All these details about a, about a blowjob and a contact lens, and it like yeah. it's just oh that that scene actually is great. Yeah. Um, uh, the whole thing about my my mother's mother's mother. And, uh, <laughs> my mother's mother's mother. I want to see this Nubian goddess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're any less black, you'd be clear. <laughs> 
Which in that sense brings us to uh, to Breckenmeyer, who has a bit part uh, known from what Road Trip, uh, yep. known from oh, a lot of other nineties teen sort of movies. Euro Trip, yeah, Euro Trip. I think, I think so, possibly. That. And I just love that. That in that that scene we we're just talking about just then is like I see black because I am. Color is a state of mind set by the <laughs> whitest guy. <Yeah>. Ever. <laughs> but, like he, he is like a class one winger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. He was in there for comment relief, but he's little. He only has a couple little little bits, but it was just played. Really well. Yeah. Anything else you want to bring up about the second story? Because we talked uh, about the first one a little bit more. Yeah, I, I like the um. So the, the there's Simon, uh, his friend who's in the cool jacket and all that. Marcus and the other two guys. Like, yeah. There's actually other two friends. So there's the wigger and uh, another guy who doesn't really have a have a lot of lines. I think he's just there to fill out the whole whole four, four guys. guys. Yeah. Four guys going on a road trip. I like the scene where they're at the buffet. Those two background friends are smashing shrimp, and. Simon warns them he goes I wouldn't be eating that if I were you and then it like cuts and they're both lying on the floor of the hotel room <laughs> crying yeah so in this story what you've got um, they go to Vegas pretty much yeah. they get uh, the two friends get wasted pretty early on the on the, on the the shrimp yeah. so Marcus and Simon decide to go out and let's have a let's have a have a punt lose money Simon goes meets some chicks gets stoned yeah. burns down an apartment room well yeah he practices sex. the tantric sex and looks across the room and notices that they've knocked over well I think it was before because she's a late oh she gets yeah, right she puts her tissue up the nose so she can she can't hide the smoking when she's yeah. pulling a joint pulling a, a cone and um yeah <laughs> well, well, there's a burn down room and they uh, basically Simon grabs his friend and goes we have to, to leave because he just burnt down an apartment uh, so they flee the hotel uh, his mate gets chucked the keys and told to park the car and he's finally had enough and decides fuck it we're going and they speed off in this Ferrari. Decide to go and get a lap dance. Uh, and to, he, I love when he specifically asks Simon, do not ask for champagne. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> champagne. And then he walks in and he says, I will have your finest glass of champagne. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then he, he yeah. he's handsy. Yeah. Uh, a bouncer gets yeah. shot. <laughs> 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 Trouble in shoes. Yep. Um, and and they're on the lamb again. They've got to go back to the hotel, pick up their friends and get out of Vegas because they have old school Vegas mobsters after them. Um, yeah. And, and ensues a great little car chase. Oh yeah, it it is it is quality. It's definitely quality. Um, Mikey, you got anything to say on that? A big part of all of that thing was they used Todd, the drug dealers from Act One, his credit card for both the room booking the room at the yep. hotel and also what they left at the strip club. So yep. it's it, it seems all going to be tying back into that. Yeah, I, I also further on the I conversation. Like the, the conversation. So at at the um in the first uh, story, you hear the drug dealer going uh, having this conversation sort of vaguely it's like no 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 it's Lindsay's palace or something like that blah 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 yep uh huh and then in the I second don't know. Yeah. in the second uh, story you have the up, the exact other side of that conversation it's like what was it called Larry's palace no. yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. And so she's there are you gonna fuck her yeah and then he's all yeah so yeah you get that's maybe. where one of those well, maybe <laughs> I would <laughs> she was looking good and that pretty much sums up that second story third story Zach and I, Adam I think Zach probably and Adam. my favourite of the three to be honest Zach and Adam it I is think, a good story really it is a good little, little, little bit uh, what can we say about Zach and Adam they're closeted gay lovers Yep, um, from a TV show. Yep. They're actors. Uh, at this, in the first story, they're the people who uh, find Bronner and who are asking for Simon. She promises to get the drugs that they're trying to get from him instead. Maybe it's also course. established, yeah. yeah, it's established sort of yeah, in Bronner's story that they're, it's clearly a bust. 
So she flushes her drugs and gets out of there. Now in the third story, we're getting more of why they're there, who they are, and, yeah. and why they're involved. Pretty much, they've been they've been busted at some point, yep. and they've made a made a deal to catch their dealer, and then the the cop doing it's going to work his way up, basically just offering deals to get to the next person, next person, next person. Yeah, pretty much they they go to do this. Um, what was it resulted? It results in them finding out they were both cheating on yep. on each other with the same guy, uh, a body of a not quite dead girl, yeah, uh, a whole heap of orange juice. Uh-huh. Oh, and a scene about a oh, which is one of the best. So that was like, that was a great reveal. Oh, oh all of that. You thought it was genius. going this yeah. way, yeah, and it was going that way. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I'll, I'll leave I'll leave that alone. They they probably had some of the best dialogue in the film, and but they were like they were pretty. I've seen the guy who plays um, Zach, Zach, I think it is. Um, Yeah, Zach. I've seen him in other stuff, but uh, Scott Wolf, obviously, he he, by this point he's been around for ages. He's been part of Five. He's been been doing. He gets most of the dialogue, which is probably a good thing because he he and he delivered it so 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 well. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They they bounced off each other off. They had really good chemistry. Yeah, there's that scene in there, and it shows how well the chemistry was. Where. And it shows how well the chemistry was. How well the chemistry was. Yep. They were talking about, like, they suspect that each other's cheating on each other, and one of them drops the line, uh, and he says to them, um, isn't it ironic? And the other one responds with, don't you think? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, that was just done. So- I've got to say, at this point, I didn't actually realise until this third story that this was actually a comedy. Like, I realised that the other little bits of a speckle in there might have just been hints of comedy in another movie, but then we got to this third story. Oh, shit, it was funny. Oh, it was there funny. Was so yeah, many they funny are the most time. directly funny characters. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Starting and, off with that, don't you think? Like, yeah, that's good. and it just gives you so much to work with as well. Yeah. Like, like, with that scene with the um, when, they, when they discover about the, the guy that they've both been cheating on, yeah. and he's like, oh, his head, his head was good. No, his head was his terrible. Head was I, had to to go, I had to go by the ears <laughs> and retrain him. When was that? Retrain over it's yeah, about much better. Yeah. <laughs> the retraining from the throat up. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Uh, but yeah, that, those two guys were, were great, yeah. weren't they? Anything more you want to say on that? Yeah, uh, I will say that the third story is definitely the most funny. It's the most directly, okay, it's time for you to have an eagle. And I, I was actually really surprised the way that they paced it. It wasn't jarring at all. So. No, because you've literally seen the start of it at this point three times. Yeah. But like you said, it's not... Oh, it's actually it. kind of nice that they skipped over so much because you're like, I've seen this three times now. Yeah. I don't need to go over every detail. Even going into the second story, they just like showed just little bits enough to let you know that this is where the time is flowing to yeah. without yeah. feeling like you were getting retold again. Yeah, and I think that helps as well because those in those each time it's shown, it, it does literally show a slightly different angle. Yeah. Um, yes. You are yeah. seeing something. You're hearing the same words a lot of the time. Yeah. But it's but following a different character. You're following yeah. different. And, and, and it's great for the start of this is because what you're focusing on when it first starts is that conversation happening in the background, but you're looking at the television because those two characters are yeah. on the television. Yeah. Um, but you can still hear that story going on in the background. It was a yeah. nice little tie out for me. I really, really liked that. Other than that, the only other character in that is the guy who plays the police officer. Yeah. Uh, William Fitchner? Yeah, who's, who's one of those guys? He's a face you've seen. In he's movie. like Kevin Bacon, yeah. and he looks like Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I think he must film movie where Kevin Bacon says no. Yeah. they get William Fitchner in because <laughs> um, he's he's quite similar. He, yeah, he, he sort of like a mix between William uh, between Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah, like they had a baby, which is a scary, scary thought. Mm. <laughs> it's alive. 
Peter, it's me, the Green Goblin, but I'm dancing like in Footloose. I, I don't, I don't know. I'm bad at impressions. He was just like, ugh, though. Like, like, like feel these guys' abs. Like, you can, <laughs> you've been working on that. You got a good body, man. Oh, yeah. You should be ashamed about that. <laughs> but that was all part of build up. That, that was, yeah, that was, and you, and you thought it was going one way, and it just leads you, you down. Smell this. You, yeah, <laughs> it leads <laughs> you down this, but you smell it. Like CK one, huh? Yeah. You wouldn't try into trying new things. <laughs> <laughs> And he acts it just oh. so well, and then yeah. you get a big reveal, which will will do that as yeah, a maybe. spoiler. Maybe <laughs> scene of it, that um, storyline obviously goes through a little bit more, gives you a few more details to you know how Ronda Ronda ends up in her yeah. situation at the end of it. That's all well played as well. Yeah. Uh, I like the contrast between how the two characters interact there of deciding what have they done, yeah. uh, how are we going to fix it, and mm. the way their minds like yeah. you see someone who is calculating and more and more cold and someone who's a bit more emotional and upset so we can't do this like yes we, we can, can yeah. no, there's no witnesses we can totally do, do this, this. Yeah. all we have to do is do it we should do it and another great part where you get to see that that story on the exact same thing you've seen in the first story happening from a different angle that it gives you yeah and you know now why they did that why they did this yeah. why they scream all yeah. that kind of stuff everything works and fits together nicely and that probably that probably ends where that that meets that's all sort of, of the stories. Yeah, that, that finishes the three separate stories, and, and then, then you get a fourth like finish. Yeah. yeah, which is good in itself. It's a nice wrap up of all those. Well, things. yeah, it, it's three separate stories in one finish. Finish, yeah, with one tied together finish. Mm. Do we want to go on that at all? Touch on that? Not oh, we can come back. We can to go that. back to that after. Yeah, yeah sure. After um, overall, I think oh, sorry, looks and tone. Looks and tone. Looks and tone. Uh, it was very well edited through the entire thing. They're very, very um, snappy. Uh, some of the, yeah, go, go very, very, it's very fast paced through the entire movie as well. There's very little time spent on anything in particular. None of the scenes were particularly slow, but maybe non symbolish is what you're saying. Not symbolish at all. It was very <laughs> things happening through a lot of it. Are you saying you didn't like a symbol? No, no. <laughs> it was a great film for people that like to hurt themselves. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was just really well edited and there was no downtime in it, save for a couple of scenes um, in like in the diner where they actually have a conversation um, between uh, Claire and what's his face? Todd. Yeah. Todd. At the Alan. end, yeah. Um, they also have it at the start. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's opening a bookend. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just really enjoyed the, the majority of it all the way through, the editing. and Yeah. It looks in tone. It L- looks in tone. Uh, it was... Very, very 90s. Yeah. Uh, a lot very, of angled, yeah. swaying, yeah. sort of empty. Even the, the music. clothes, like the clothes are horrendous the clothes of that are part horrendous. of the uh, It had some. The, the soundtrack is nice with classic 90s. And the 90s soundtrack board. is good. It the is soundtrack good. is good. Like, and they are the tippy top of the 90s. Like, oh, I remember that. I've heard that song in years. That's yeah. great. It's 90s rave music as well. Well, yeah. And 90s dance music. And 90s that, dance. Actually, <laughs> that, that opening is an awesome opening yeah. as well. That, that rave opening is just. Yeah, spot on to set the set the tone of what the movie is going to be like throughout. Yeah, I I think uh, overall with the looks and tone, taking into consideration the way they dress, hair, all that, I think it's a great one of those great little films where you can look at a decade. Yeah, like this is a '90s movie. Yeah, because a lot of the '90s, there's suits and all this sort of thing, but they deliberately try to be a bit more pre-contemporary. Yes. Like we're dressing like we're going to be more futuristic, so it's like, so you can't tell it was in the 90s. This sort of celebrates the so fact it's in the 90s. Yeah, and exactly. It's a great way to look back and be like, yeah, that's how we dressed. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not sorry, it's like, it's coming back around. Um, I, I like the difference between, the, the, obviously they're set in different locations. Yeah. 
but the difference and the looks and feel of the Vegas one, it felt a lot. It felt I don't know if it was before or after Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but it felt very that. Mm. Um, just the comic setup and the sort of way the story goes just gives you that sort of a, a sense that it's you're in Vegas and Vegas is a totally different world to where yeah. you are. You Time get that space feeling. is different in Vegas. Yeah, I, I don't think it's shot any differently, but it just feels different. I think there are a few different choices in the way that it's shot. Like uh, the the scenes where uh, first and third story, I think there's a lot less of that sort of sway and and that sort of thing. Where in Vegas, there's a lot more panning shots, and you're following these characters through these bright lights, and there's all these backdrop of color and brightness. Yeah, there was so a lot it, more. Color. It changes the sort of tone of it in that way. Whereas there's a lot more static shots yeah. in first and fourth, third story. Is that all for looks and tone? Yeah. Yeah. What do we think of it overall? Uh, overall, I think it's a fun little film. Uh, I'm, it's one of the ones where I, I know I've watched it once before, had forgotten the vast majority of it. I'm surprised it's not hailed as more of a bit of a bit of a classic. Although I suppose it might be. Uh, it is a bit of a cult classic. Cult classic, yeah. yeah. Um, I was getting a lot of uh, Pulp Fiction vibes of it purely because of the structure, uh, but not quite as deep. Um, deep, yeah, not quite as deep, but still very well executed overall. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly. For the entire way through, but it really took off for me at the third story um, when things were slightly starting to tie together a bit more and it was a bit more funny. Um, so overall, yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, as yeah. we've already said, I, I think it's a Tarantino diet sort of mm-hmm. version, mm-hmm. a lot of aspects, a lot less dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, good for a laugh, good for a bit of action, good story, well written for the most part. You get enough grit, uh, but it's not so heavy that you need a nap afterwards. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but yeah, overall for me, I've seen this movie, oh, shit, that must have been at least my 12th, 13th watch. Wow. Um, I haven't watched it in years, but when it first came out, I was uh, 15, and I watched it once, twice, three times, and then it was one a staple that went past me. Have you seen Go? No, let's put it on. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, final bit, would we recommend it? Definitely. Yes. I absolutely would as well. I, I also think it's not one of those films that you need to find a specific audience for. Yeah. It hasn't got any stuff that so you have to worry about in terms of fear or gore or anything. It's very accessible. Give it to most people. I think they'll, they'll, they'll enjoy it. it. Yeah, and I don't think you, it's not one of those things where you've said, "Oh, you have to be in the mood for it." No, no, no. it's just a pretty. It's a, it's a fun, fun enough film, but it gives you a bit, give it a bit of everything. There is a bit of swearing, a bit of nudity in it. So other than that, that's about yeah. it's about it. It's about the deets. Cool. Uh, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Uh, at that point, I'm going to say we're going to take a quick little break, get some more beers, and then we'll come back and have a bit more discussion about our favourite moments that might uh, give away endings to various stories and that kind of thing. Yep. Nice. So beer time. Beer Who time? wants beer? Yeah, get one of those. You want the spoilers? You can't handle the spoilers. First up in the spoilers, the storyline for the Dancing Green Goblin Police Officer. So he leads you in this role where he's this swinger. Yeah, and then the entire movie, he is well. In, he's hitting, he, hitting on them slightly. He's hitting on them slightly, just sort of giving little touches and going, "Oh no, you got a good body," and sort of like, feel this guy's abs and and, and all the little things. Are you into new things? Yeah. You know, are we? Are you just naked. Naked. New he walks in the room, just butt, butt naked, naked, just trying on perfume and stuff. So, yeah. Are you interested in trying new things? And yeah. and a few other little questions like that. <laughs> yeah, that make you think this guy's a swinger. And when they meet the when you meet the wife, and she's overly sexual as yeah. well, and she's like getting to taste stuff. Getting to taste stuff and asking questions as well along a similar way. It's like, so what about kisses on TV? Do you consider that cheating? So, yeah. well, with the stage kiss, you don't really use the tongue. Use tongue. So, as she's kissing, like, 
there was, was tongue, tongue there. <laughs> there was tongue there. Uh, yeah, and then eventually it's revealed the new thing they want them to maybe get into. It's like, well, we were, it's like because the the two guys are making excuses. They're like, oh, this has been lovely because uh, it's uh, we it's need Christmas. to go. It's yeah. Christmas. They've dinner. invited these two after the bus went awry. They've invited these two guys over for Christmas dinner. Yeah, and they've got this house. Uh, they're having this Christmas dinner, and the husband is making eyes at the wife, and they're making eyes at both guys. Are like, well, look before you go. He's like, oh, uh, uh, Zach's stomach is upset. We're gonna go. It's like before you go, look. I'll be honest. We ulterior are motive. Ulterior motive. And you're like, oh God, here it comes. And both the guys are eyeing each other. like, can we run? What do we do? It's like, how much? He's like, where do you think we got all this stuff? What stuff? <laughs> all of it. It's like, it goes about all the stuff in the house, the perfumes, that sort of stuff. And he basically reveals he's a part of a multi-level marketing freaking scheme, pyramid scheme. It's like, we want you guys involved. It's like, we're number three and hopefully, and then that little, no, number, four. Four. number four, number hopefully four, next hands, next we be number three. <laughs> it's like, obviously, it's like, we, we're not all that, it's against union rules to try and recruit people from the police. Uh, so that's why we look outside to, to other industries like you guys and your acting. And you reveal like all of this build up, all these compliments and all this thing. It wasn't about him trying to get them into bed. It was just trying to brown nose them enough that he enjoyed this freaking pyramid scheme. <laughs> they like, walk out with all the documents because yeah. like, they've signed up for yeah. it just to get away. <laughs> it's brilliant. Uh, brilliantly executed. Next up in the spoilers, the end of the film, where Claire, Ronna's friend, tracks down and ends up hanging out with Todd, the drug dealer, unaware of the fact that Todd just tried to kill Ronna, and Ronna has actually, in fact, been hit by a car. And then they're basically made, making out in the stairs. Yeah. Uh, the, the cat, cat comes out, and then he's like, why is my cat out of its apartment? And then you see the bouncer, old mobster dudes yeah, from Vegas. They've traced the credit card. They're there at his house. I think it's great how they're there with guns, ready to shoot him, shoot him on the spot, and then it just cuts and they're in the thing, and he's drawing a map from them yeah. where they can find Simon yeah, they're looking for. You gotta, you gotta, yeah, but I, I like that piece of dialogue as well. With the, it's like, and you want to take a left here down uh, Lancaster. Oh, actually, what's? You might want to take a right down Bertrand and go this way instead <laughs> because the traffic. It's like, oh yeah, thanks, thanks. You're really helpful, thanks. Yeah, it's like it's just instantly it's selling out his mate. And then she, Claire's looking at him in absolute disgust. Like, I was just about to make it, like, have sex with you, and you're, now you're here just basically selling this guy out. So, uh, and then. Selling out of her friends, but at the same time, it's like, I looked past your being a drug dealer, yeah. and it's very clear you're so, so a drug, drug dealer. dealer. Yeah. And then Simon walks in and screws himself because yeah. he's talking about the fact that I used your credit card in Vegas and I shot yeah. this, blah, blah, blah. I need, to hide, I need to hide out here for a couple of days. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's there drawing a dot on his arm because they decide, well, uh, yeah, they're, they're putting, putting the they're gun gonna in his head. They're going like, to kill him. They're going to kill him. Uh, uh, so the, the weedy guy, the bouncer who got shot, his dad is actually on the couch screaming at him, just shoot him, shoot him. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like, you got to do it. It's like, And I think uh, Katie Holmes. It's an eye for an eye. Yeah, what, what do you want? He goes, justice. And he goes, Huh. And it cuts to Simon drawing an X on his arm. Saying, like, shoot yeah. there. Yep, that'll do. Then he goes that and he grabs like a cloth and puts it under his arm. Like, how is he going to stop? It's like, he's got to shoot through <laughs> his hand as well. That's right. Because um, Todd throws him it. He's like, oh, wait, 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 wait. And you think, like, oh, he's, yeah. he's not going to, oh, he doesn't want him to do it. And then he's like, no, no, put, put the cloth under it so the blood doesn't go everywhere. <laughs> and it's like, oh my yeah. God. And meanwhile, the dad and Todd are just sitting there like, their seats, oh, like, I can't wait. This is awesome. Can't wait to see what's going to happen. And even, even Simon, he's going to get shot is sort of like oh this could be cool yeah. like it's gonna, it's gonna be great chicks dig scars sort yeah. of thing uh, so yeah the only people who aren't really excited about it is Katie Holmes character and the guy who's gonna, gonna do, do the shooting is really nervous like oh okay no, it's, it's not easy to do when he's expecting it like 
so Claire walks out and then she gets downstairs the gun goes off and then you hear Song go I'm okay <laughs> <laughs> and then what she ends up back at the the, the grocery Ronna rocks up limping dragging your like, foot and it's like what happened to you actually Rough in this night. scene is she really wearing really high shoes like giant platform shoes I don't know might have just been so- okay anyway we look at that later yeah. we can rewind the take back and then they realise where's Manny and then he, she's like oh fuck because she left Manny who was tripping balls to yeah. try to escape the drug dealer and hit him I thought for sure he was going to die I yeah. thought got, watching through it I thought a lot of these characters are going to die like I thought Ronna had died when she yeah. got hit by the car I thought Manny for sure was going to die I thought yeah he was going to be Simon was I, gonna was, get shot. I was like there's no way he's going to be alive after yeah. that like and he's just, yeah, he's there. He's just covered in vomit. And then he closes and goes, you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thus wrap up us the story. Yeah. Yeah, watch it. Watch it. Watch yeah, it. It's a very watchable film. It, it. Some would say it's almost as good as Symbol. Mike, Symbol, your favourite film of all time. Have you finished getting that Symbol sleeve done? You know, oh, <laughs> just... Dicks all over my yeah, arms. A big picture of Escape from Cargo. Ring a bell. Ring a bell. Right, so. I'll get it immediately after you guys get paranoia tattoos. Paranoia reference of the week. How's that sound? Yeah, sweet. I'll do How's that. How's that taste? Hey, do you want to get a little paranoia tattoo? I'll get, I'll get a heavy. Just to make. I'll get a heavy. Why have you got a little hammer sauce? Ah. Ah. Yeah, but you should see what the guy had to get yeah. for me getting this. <laughs> oh, yeah, I lose that deal. I lose that deal. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd take a buff dude on my shoulder over a bunch of little dicks. So, <laughs> next week. Next week. What have we got next week? All right, Lucky. so we all know that I hate you guys, right? And I feel like... Paranoia 2, <laughs> the paranoia <laughs> Electric paranoia <laughs> I don't know. Stroke me with paranoia. Alright, so I basically want to guys make you make you guys much more depressed and sad. <laughs> Have you that another is... thriller? <laughs> Boy in the Stroke yes. It tech is it? I think it is, probably. Psst. The film for next week is The Road, starring Vigo Mortensen. From 2009? Yeah, essentially it's a post-apocalyptic America. Uh where unknown cataclysm has happened yep. uh, everything's burnt and destroyed and there's very few humans left uh, and it's basically a story of a father and his son travelling through this desolate wasteland 